Yes, sir. We've been talking about generosity. And um, today I've titled the message, Sharing is Caring. There's actually a second part. Uh, sharing is caring. Hogging is dogging. You hear that one? Hogging is dogging. We've been talking about generosity. What does it mean to be generous? Uh, we actually started beginning of the month on Father's Day. And, and it started with the premise that we on our own, are not generous. When we're born, we're not born with a generous spirit. We're actually born with the opposite. We're born with a selfish spirit. Uh, anyone that has children would know that. You don't have to teach children selfishness. You have to teach them to share. You have to teach them generosity. But we get to experience generosity through our most generous God who gives to us abundantly. That's, that's the only way we know what generosity is. If God had not been generous to you, you would not know what generosity is. And that's the starting point. That's the starting point. And, when the, and then from there, we, we talked about, well, what does it mean to be generous with your time? Uh, last week, we talked about what does it mean to be generous with your treasures, your stuff, your material possessions? And tonight, we're rounded up and talk about what does it mean to be generous with your talents. Time, treasure, and talents. Now let me begin by defining what a talent is. A talent is defined as a special aptitude. A special skill that one possesses. A, a, a skill that they are good at. It's a gift, another word. A gift that we have. Now some of us have athletic talents. Some of us have artistic talents. Some of us have creative talents. And let's be honest, some of us, we have the talent of sitting still. And some of us don't even have that talent. Some of us have the talent of being very good at listening. Some of us are not very good at that either. Some of us have the talent of being able to eat the same food every day. It doesn't matter what day it is, and you're fine with that. And you still enjoy what that is. I think that's a gift. See, what's interesting is when we define talent, it says it's a special aptitude, but who defines what special is? And the beauty of this word talent is, and this is what I'm going to get to, is this. Everyone has a talent. Everyone has received a gift. It said, I, I can eat the same food. The last two years of my university, um, when I went to the University of New South Wales, the number one university in all of the world, um, there was this one Chinese place. This has got nothing to do with the sermon. I just need to share it with you. And it had satay sticks. Chicken satay stick skewers, and on top of it, and, and I didn't eat it because of the, the chicken, they had this satay peanut sauce. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, I ate that every day for two years. Every day I went to university. Sometimes I'd go to class, I'd go to school, I didn't even have class. I just went to have lunch. That's how studious I was. You know, another word that the Bible uses is said for talent is gift. 
right? Gifts. We, we all have gifts. Uh, let me read Romans 12, 6 and 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, there's three things that we need to understand about gifts. Uh, today, the sermon is a little bit more structured. So if you're a note taker, this is going to be good for you today. There are three things that we need to know about gifts and talents. Number one is this, they are given to us by God. And once again, we start with the origin of where we receive our gifts and talents from. Now, you might think, no, no, I, I developed this myself. You know, I, I studied hard and I, I developed this and this is who I am. I created it. No, 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 no. These are all from God. Everything that you are and everything that you have is from God. If you can't, if you can't start at that point, then, then you, you, you're kind of starting at the wrong place. Okay? The origins of these talents are from God. Secondly, we need to understand that all these gifts and talents, they're different. They're different. Right? There are numerous passages in the Bible, uh, Romans being one of them, that talk about the many gifts that God gives to His people. And the funny thing about these passages is they're not identical. There's not like one set of 10 gifts that God gave and then in, in someone else, you know, wrote those 10 and then someone else wrote those 10. Actually, they're, they're, some gifts overlap in these passages, but it's not one extensive, like specific list. And I, and I think this is, this is what God does on purpose because I think He's trying to show us that there, there's a lot of gifts. Like just because it's not mentioned in the Bible doesn't mean that it's not a talent. No, there's a lot. There's a lot that's not mentioned. And just because, you know, it's not in a specific Bible verse doesn't mean that it's not something that God has given to you. That's the second thing we need to understand. So first thing is this, they are given to us by God. Second thing is that talents are all different. And third is this, and this is the most important thing, they all have a purpose. Romans chapter 12, the verses just before the ones I read. For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For, each as, uh, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. The question that we need to ask ourselves is why, do, why did God give us these gifts and why did God give us these talents? Okay? We, we, I think we can all recognize that there is this thing called a talent and a gift. Right? And I think we can all recognize that they are all different. Like you, anyone you meet, they're, they're different to, to the way you're wired. But why? Right? Why? And, and then the reason why God gave this to us was it was all to form the one body. Okay, The purpose of God giving us uh, these gifts and talents is to use them as a part of being the body of Christ. It's to use them for the others in this body. I love how the fact that the Bible talks about the, the unity and the diversity in the body of Christ. How everyone is different, but everyone is important. Everyone is different, but everyone is important. Okay? You know, like, it, it's not about being the best hand you can be 
and, and not caring about the rest of the body. No, the hand exists to be the best hand. It can be for the body, not for the hand. And I think something that we need to recognize is that the gifts and the talents that God has given to you were not just for you, but were, are meant to be used for what? For the body of Christ. It's not good enough for you to go, I'm amazing. God has blessed me. I'm so talented. I should go on Australia's Got Talent because I've got talent. And, and do nothing for the rest of your body. No, no, God gives these talents so that it can be a part of the body. The talents and skills and gifts that we're given are not given to us for the sake of ourselves becoming greater, but it's actually given to us for the sake of others. Which actually means that we're called to be generous with our talents straight away. It's a part of the definition of what God has given to us. The reason why God gives us these talents is so that we can share them with the body of Christ. We're meant to use these gifts and we're meant to share them with those around us. Let me pause there for a moment. Why then are we stingy? Or why then do we not use the gifts that God has given us? Have you ever thought about that? You know, we have a church about 70-odd. One of the most frustrating things that I see as a pastor is, you know, we, we see so many people that walk in and out of our church doors, and they are wonderful people. And we have seen gifted people, people that God has blessed with talent on talent on talent. And you're like, wow, you... You are obviously talented. You are obviously gifted. And yet, they do nothing. They don't use their talent. They don't share their talent. Some people don't even acknowledge their talent. Why? Why? And, 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 and there are some people that they know that they're talented, and, and, but they won't use it for the body. They won't use it for the church, but they'll just use it for themselves. Stingy. Why? Why? What, what makes people stingy with their gifts? I think there's three reasons why. Number one, we don't believe we have any gifts. I think many a time, people just, that's what they believe. They just believe that they have nothing to share. Oh, who am I, you know? You know, they, 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 they really think that they've got nothing good to give. They're like, they've got nothing. And I, I, I want to counter that by just saying, look, everyone has something to share. Everyone has a talent. Everyone has a gift. That's what the, the, the Bible says. God has given to you. Now, it's different. It's different for everyone. It's some people with big, something small, something left, right, and center. It, it's different, but everyone has something. So you, you might be a good listener. You might be good at playing with kids. You might be good at opening a door, but everyone has something to share. But the pure belief that you think, oh, I don't have anything. Well, that's the first reason why people stop and not generous with their talents. Secondly, we compare our talents. Instead of sharing our talents, instead of, uh, you know, pooling all of our talents together for the, for the goal, we, we make it a competition. And, you know, there are people by nature that are more competitive. 
I one of them? You know, instead of using our talents for the kingdom of God, we start focusing on how we can use it just for ourselves. Or we look at other people and we look at what they have, and then that makes you feel inferior, and you go, well, they've got that much, and I've only got this much, so well, what can I do? And you, sh- you shrink back and you don't use it. We compare our talents. That's why we don't uh, generously use our gifts. And thirdly, it's fear. We have things to share and give, but we fear. What do we fear? We fear two things. We fear failure. Oh, if I use my gift and if I use my talent, and then if it doesn't work out, I'm going to look, you know, it makes me look really bad. You know, like I, I failed. You know, what if I use it and it doesn't work? That's one thing that we fear. And the second thing that we fear is people's opinions. You know, like I I stand up and I go, hey, I've got this amazing talent. And what you're worried is not about how you can build the kingdom, but you're worried about what everyone else is going to think about you. People's opinions. And so because of that fear, the, the fear of failure and the fear of people's opinions, what do we do? We just don't use it. We just don't use it. The passage that we're going to park ourselves in today is in Matthew chapter 25, 14 to 30. And uh, I'm going to try something a little bit different tonight. Uh, Instead of just reading the passage, um, there's this thing called uh, uh, Bible story. And I'm trying to get my head about around what that is. So I'm going to to give it a go. I feel like it's just telling the story of the Bible without reading the verses, just in story in my own words. Pastor May is nodding at me. By the way, Associate Pastor May, happy birthday. 26 years young. (laughs) I shouldn't lie, yes. That was a lie. For those on the podcast, that was a lie. The story is, it's a story that uh, most of you would know. And it's about a wealthy man. Okay? Now, the setting of the story is that Jesus is teaching. And the context of his teaching, and this is really important, the context of his teaching is he is teaching people what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Okay? What does it look like to live in the economy of God? What does it look like when God is the ultimate in your life and in this world? Okay? The kingdom of heaven, what that's going to look like. And he tells us a story of a wealthy man, and the wealthy man's going to go on a journey. Okay, and so what he does is he calls three of his slaves, three of his servants, and he entrusts these servants with parts of his wealth. Okay, so to the first servant, he gives him five bags of gold. Uh, In older translations, it was five talents. uh, One talent is an, an an enormous sum of money. Some people say it's like 15 years worth of your salary. So if you earn... I don't know, if you simplify, if you had 100,000, 15 years of that. I don't know. It doesn't work right now in my head. What is it, Tonika? <laughs> 1.5 million. Sorry, Tony. You're the first person I saw. So the first, the first servant gets five bags of gold. And then the second servant, he calls the second servant, and he gives this servant two bags of gold. 
Now, I, a lot of people at this point in time go, well, why did he give five bags and why did he give two bags? And, and you, you'll see, you, you see it, the rest of the story. And then the, finally he gets to the last servant and he goes, here, here's one bag of gold. And what he does is he entrusts these servants with these bags of gold, with these amazing uh, amounts of wealth. And then the man leaves. Right? And then the man leaves. So what do the then servants do? Right? And the funny thing about this man is he never tells the servants when he's coming back. And this is actually one of the reasons why Jesus is telling this parable. And it's to, to, for us to understand that the return of God can be any day. We need to be aware of that. Anyway, the first servant goes and puts his money to work. That's what it says. Puts his money to work. Right? And what does he do? He doubles his money. He, he gets the five bags of gold and he doubles it into 10. Now, what did he do? We don't know. Did it, does it matter how he got it? Oh, it doesn't say so. But all we know is he doubled the, 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 the money that was entrusted by the master, by the wealthy man. The second servant does exactly the same thing. He takes the two bags of gold, right? And instead of sort of going, well, why did I only get five bags? He, he takes the two and he goes and works it and he doubles that amount. And he has four uh, bags of gold. But the third servant, and quickly I'll go to verse 18, reads, But the man who had received one bag went off, <laughs> dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So what did he do with the bag of gold that he received? Nothing. He literally dug a hole in the ground, put the money in there, covered it up. And then the story jumps to when the master returns. Now, we don't know how long that period was. Right, But all we know is that the first servant, he worked the money. That's how he spent the time. The second servant, he worked the money. But the third servant, he did nothing that whole time. You've got to understand, that's why Jesus is telling us this. He did nothing. The wealthy man returns and he, he comes to settle accounts. And he calls the first servant. And the first servant says, hey, you gave me five bags of gold. I worked it and I doubled your money. Here is 10 bags. And the master's happy. Of course he's happy. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come, let's have a party together. Calls the second servant. Second servant says, hey, you gave me two bags of gold. Now I worked hard. I put it to work and I doubled it. Here's four bags of gold back. And the master replies, well done, good and faithful servant. Come, enjoy your master's happiness. Now, something that we need to hear in this point is the guy who doubled the five bags and the guy who doubled the two bags, when the master responds to them, he responds to them identically. Now, if you think about the situation, it's not identical. One guy brought... Five bags. He made extra five bags of gold. The other guy only brought two bags of gold. It's three bags of difference. And yet the response is identical. See, it, it, it's not showing us, it's not about like what is the efficiency and the productivity of, of, of what you're making. It's are you doing the work? Like what are you doing with what I've given you? 
It's not about the dollars and cents. Finally, we get to the third servant. Now, remember, the third servant's the one that dug the hole in the ground and put the master's bag of gold in there. And this is, the third servant comes and he brings his one bag of gold. It's got dust on it. It's got dirt on it because obviously it's just come out of the ground. And this is the servant's response to the master. We see this in verse 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came and he said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here is what belongs to you. What the servant was saying was, look, you gave me one bag. And I was so worried that I might lose it. I was so worried that, that it might dwindle away. I was so worried that I, I, I just didn't want you to lose anything. So I just dug it in the ground. But look, here it is. You didn't lose anything. Now, at this point in time, the master has not, the wealthy man has not lost money. He gave him a bag of gold and he received one back. But the, but the wealthy man's response is really harsh. And we see this in verse 26. You wicked and lazy servant. What a complete contrast to the other two. Well done, good and faithful servant. And yet this guy gets called, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money in the bank because at least I would have received interest. And the man is so angry with this servant, he takes the bag that he's given him, and he actually throws the servant out. Now, we, you know, many of us have heard this story before. And we've got to ask ourselves, well, firstly, why does Jesus, why, why does Jesus teach this? What's Jesus trying to teach? Remember what I said, Jesus is teaching this in the context of the kingdom of God. He's talking about what God's economy looks like. Okay. What Jesus is trying to show us is what God wants us to do with what God has given to us. He wants us to use our gifts and talents and our skills for His kingdom and literally not bury them in the ground. It's not a question of what gift do you have. It's not a question of what talent do you have. It's not about how much do you have. The question is, with what you have, how will you use Will you use it? How will you use it? Will you share it? Will you be generous to those around you with what God has given to you? That's what God's asking. I think so many times we keep these skills and talents to ourselves. And a lot of times we kind of think, well, if I don't do it, it's okay because someone else is going to do it. But that kind of mentality isn't what God is asking for. God is asking, look, I've given you this. What have you done with it? The wealthy man just comes back. And that is a clear reminder to us all that there will be one day where you will have to account for your life. You know, I, uh, as the leader of the church, uh, I need to give an account of my leadership. And uh, not terrifically, ter- you know, not, not terrified of that day, but I'm not looking forward to that day either. 
I need to give account. But you also will need to give account to what God has given you. And, you know, some of you are like, well, God has given me nothing. And I go back to that first point. No, no, God has given you more than what you can see. See, when we keep these gifts and talents to ourselves, it's not just about, well, I'm not being productive for God. You've got to see it in that context of the kingdom of heaven and in the body of, of, of Christ as we are as the church. When you don't use your talents that God has given to you in this context of our church or the local community, we're missing out. The church is missing out. When one part of the body doesn't contribute what they have been given, the rest of the body suffers. Imagine, right, using the imagery of the body. Imagine the hand. The hand just goes, you know what? You know, I look at the foot. I look at the brain. I look at the heart. They do so many things, but I'm just a hand. You know what? I'm not going to contribute. Right? The rest of the body is just working hard, you know, for the body to work. And the hand's just like, well, I'm not going to do anything. Now, what happens to the body? The whole body suffers. The whole body suffers. On uh, last night, we were watching football. And one of the guys, he, he, he injured his shoulder. He literally was like dragging his shoulder because he injured the, the, the muscle and he couldn't even lift up his hand. Whole body suffering. Because this one part wasn't doing what it was purposed to do. Now, you've got to start seeing yourself in not just context of just you. You've got to see yourself firstly in the context of, of God's economy and God's kingdom. But secondly, you've got to see yourself in the context of our church. Now, let me give you a very real example of this. Our garden ministry is our children's ministry. Okay? Uh, the reason why that the only noise that we have uh, in our service are babies from the ages of zero to two is because from two, they start to get really loud, right? And they start to say words, right, that you can understand and they're a lot more distracting and they can run around more, right? So what we do is we, we, we invest into them in their own space because they don't want to be here, you know? They want to run around and learn about God in, in the way that two-year-olds do, right? So they're all downstairs. And on average, on a normal week in our church, uh, we, we average about six to eight to sometimes ten children in the primary school age, kinder to year six, which is great. It's great. And uh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for the families. You just wait a few more years, all of these crying babies, they're all going to go downstairs. And then these, these mums and dads, they're going to have more kids and they're, they're just going to keep reproducing, you know, that's just this biblical mandate, you know, because we believe that that's what, you know, the Bible tells us to do, okay? I, I am modeling that, okay? Okay, just, I just, actually, I just forgot that I'm modeling that. So, okay, well, there we go. I'm modeling that. Uh, the, bar has, the bar has been said hi to all parents, okay? Four, at least three, okay? But four's the bonus. You know, like, we... We, we consider our children so important that we're going to invest. But one of the things that we've been struggling, okay, in our church is that, that we struggle with teachers. We call them gardeners, right? Uh, we, on average, have two teachers on a rotational basis downstairs, 
And so the best case scenario is that we send two gardeners down there and then they miss their service once a month for the sake of serving our children. And we're so grateful, right? But then when, when, when one of the, you know, when, when we start to, you know, uh, dwindle in our number, because for, for that to happen, we need eight volunteers, but we don't have eight volunteers. So sometimes we have volunteers that are having to go down twice a month, sometimes even three times a month, because they love the children, they want to invest into the children. But I actually think that the reason why that happens is because there are people in our community that could easily serve. You love children. You love hanging out with them. You want to invest into them. But you're not doing what your purpose is with your gifts and talents. As I said, this is just an example. Right? This is what happens when, when you do not fulfill the purpose of what God has given to you. God has given you so much. And I really want to I really want to commend this. I was really praying about this. I was like, do I yell at them? <laughs> do I yell at them for not reaching their potential? Or do I encourage them to open their eyes to see their potential? And I'm going to do both. I believe that every single person in this room has been given more than what they believe that they have received. Because our God is an abundant God. He's a generous God. I think the biggest problem is that you just haven't seen it. You haven't seen what God has blessed you with. A lot of times we are so narrow-minded. And as I said, for those reasons, fear and comparison and just a belief that we don't have. And suddenly we're like, we, we focus more on what we don't have than what you do have. You know, one of the biggest blessings that I've had in my ministry over the last 12 years, uh, this church and the previous one, is I have had people that have just, not just been amazingly gifted and talented, but they're willing to use it for the kingdom. You have a lot more than what you believe, but here's the problem. Half of you don't even see that, and the other half, you see that and you don't use it. Frustrating. It's like when a parent tells their kid, right? Look, you're a smart kid. You just don't try. Okay, if your parent told you that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You have the intelligence, you have the giftings, you have the talents and skills, and yet you just choose not to use it. You know, as a parent, it's frustrating. Watching my kids, right? Watching my kids that I think are maybe not superstars, but at least, you know, they've got something. Hopefully. And they, they just don't try. Oh, so frustrating. And you know what? As a pastor, same thing. You know, there are people in our community, you are gifted with teaching. Right? And yet, when there's any opportunity to teach, you, your automatic mindset is, oh, I'm not the pastor, I'm not the associate pastor, I'm not a life group leader, so I'm not going to go there. You know, like, there are people that are so hospitable. You know, I meet them, and they are so fun, and they're so smiley, and I feel so encouraged and, and welcome, and, and they're not on our welcoming team. Why? Because they go, oh, well, they've already got a welcoming team, and they're all pretty smiley, and they all know what they're doing, and they need, it's okay. I'll just sit back. You know, there, there are some of you that you know the answer to that mathematic question that I gave before. All right? And then there are some of you that have no idea. And so you 
don't join the finance team. That's okay. That's not your gifting. That's not your talent. That's fine. But there are people that are gifted in that area, in the area of administration. Some of you, some of you like forms. Like people give forms and it excites you. You know, you get a form and you're like, oh, I'm going to you know, put this form together. And some of you, your secret talent is Microsoft Excel. Right. And we pray for you in different areas of your life. But we need people that are good with Excel. Because there are some people who don't even know what Excel is. Here's the beauty about the community of God. And this is how God has made us. He's created us all with different gifts and talents and skills. He has blessed each and every one of us. I promise you, you, if you still at the end of the sermon tonight, you still believe that God has not given you anything, come and see me and I will tell you. I will specifically tell you what God has blessed you with. But God has not given those gifts to you for you to sit there and go, wow, God has given me a lot of gifts. That's awesome. What an amazing God. No, God has given them to you for a purpose. And the purpose is for the sake of the kingdom of God. How can we be generous with our talents? And I'm going to finish with these three. Number one, firstly, and, and we always, I said this from the beginning, Generos the, first of gen the first step of generosity is gratitude. The first is this, be grateful with what you have. When we, are, when we learn to be grateful with what we have, you know what goes out the window? Comparison. You stop comparing yourself with other people. Okay, uh, you know what? And, and, you know, majority of us come from, from migrant culture, right? And, you know, like our, our parents, like, you know, they love us and they try their best. But one of the things that they have not done well for us, and hopefully, you know, we won't pass that on to our children, is the comparison trap. You know, you come home with all, you know, with, with your report and straight away they're like, you know, the kid across the road. You know, the kid across the street. And, and, you know, so many times, like, Mom, you know a lot of kids, hey? You know, like, and they're all smarter than me. How's that? If we can't learn to be grateful for what God has given to us, then we will get stuck in the comparison trap. And you will get stuck with worrying about what you don't have and feeling sorry for yourself with what you don't have rather than using what you do have. So the first step is this, learn to be grateful with what you have. And I promise you, you have more. You have more than what you think. Secondly is this, be kingdom focused. What I mean by being kingdom focused, it means don't be you focused. The gift is given to you by God. For the sake of building his kingdom, it's not for the sake of building your kingdom. The question you must ask is very simple. How can I serve God with what I have today, not how can I serve me with what I have today? Be kingdom focused. And finally, be bold. Be bold. Have the courage to use what God has given you, regardless of your fears of failure, of what other people have to say. You know, a lot of times we, we do, we need to be bold. There are multiple examples 
in the Bible of people that had so many reasons to not use what God had given them. They could write you a thesis of why they should not be used by God. But they encourage, step forward into a place where they could be used by God for the sake of His kingdom. And that's what God wants. Be bold and use what God has given you. Don't worry about the results. Don't worry about the outcome. Leave that to God. Be generous with your talents. Be generous and use them for the purposes that God has given them to you. Do not dig a hole and put it into the ground. I think generally as a, as a church, I think generally as a church, we have a, a higher level of people serving in our community uh, than the general church population. I think as a church, we have a, a higher than average than, say, like Australian churches. And, and for that, I'm so grateful. I really am. But I still feel like, and I'll just tell it to you honestly, still too many too much of the weight of the church is being taken by a small group of people in our church. And it's not being spread evenly. It's always the same people turning up to set up. It's always the same people serving. And it's always the same group. Of people. But what the church, that's not what the church is meant to be. It's meant to be evenly spread. Because God has given everyone talents. Now, let me finish with this. Let me ask you. How are you using what God has gifted you with for the sake of His kingdom today? You know, how, you know like this is not a, like this, by the way, this is not a philosophical rhetorical question where you go, wow, that was a really deep question. No, no, it's not like that. Today, it's really like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Have I dug a hole, put myself in there, and just waiting for Jesus to return? You're gifted. You're talented. That's not because of you. That's because of God. You know, God loves us so much. He loves you so much that He would entrust these into your hands. And He says, take what I've given you and build my kingdom. Jesus did not die on the cross so that you can sit there and do nothing. Jesus did not die on the cross so that you could be selfish with the gifts and talents that God has given to you so that you can build your own kingdom. Jesus died on the cross so that all man would be saved. And I just wonder how are you utilizing what God has given you as a part of all of this? I have a dream. <laughs> I thought there'd be a better reaction to that line, but that's okay. One day, I just walk into church and we have to tell people, sorry, we have too many volunteers. We have too many people 
that are willing to sacrifice what they have for the sake of the church. Can everyone serve just a little bit less? I'm grateful. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Not just you turning up, but how you invest into the kingdom. And I want to encourage you to use what you have. Use what you have generously for the sake of God's kingdom and God will take care of the rest. What would that look like for you? What would that look like for our church? It'd be a good place. Let's pray.